Greetings in the powerful name of Jesus the Christ. Greetings to you on this Easter Sunday. All reminds us of life itself that you can't have Easter without going through Good Friday. So we went through Good Friday and praise God it is Easter Sunday. Our scripture lesson for this day is found in the New Testament Gospel of John. John chapter 20, John 20, verses 1 through 18. John 20, verses 1 through 18. If you're able, I'm going to ask you to stand. Wherever you are, if you're not able, that's fine. But for those who can, let's stand out of reverence for God's holy word. And listen now, listen for the word of the Lord. Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the tomb. So she ran and went to Simon Peter and the other disciples, the one whom Jesus loved. And she said to them, they have taken the Lord out of the tomb and, and we do not know where they have laid him. Then Peter and the other disciple set out and went toward the tomb. The two were running together, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. And he bent down to look in and saw the linen wrappings lying there. But he did not go in. Then Simon Peter came, following him, and went into the tomb. He saw the linen wrappings lying there and the cloth that had been on Jesus' head, not lying with the linen wrappings, but rolled up in a place all by itself. Then the other disciple who reached the tomb first also went in, and he saw and believed, for as yet they did they saw it, they, they, they didn't believe, and they didn't understand the scripture, that he must rise from the dead. Then the disciples returned to their homes. But Mary stood weeping outside the tomb, and as she wept, she, she bent over to look inside the tomb, and she saw two angels in white sitting where the body of Jesus had been lying, one at the head and the other at the feet. And they said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? She said to them, They have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. And when she had said this, she turned around and she saw Jesus standing there. But she did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you looking for? And supposing him to be the gardener, she said to him, Sir, if you have carried him away, you tell me where you've laid him and I'll take him away. 
And Jesus said to her, Mary? She turned and she said to him in Hebrew, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus said to her, Jesus said, do not hold on to me because I've not yet ascended to the Father. But you go to my brothers and you say to them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and to your God. The word of God for the people of God. Let the people say, Amen. And now, dearly beloved, won't you pray with and for me? Almighty, everlasting, all-powerful, all-knowing, everywhere present, God, creator of the universe. I ask God that you would come and anoint me. I ask as you would allow the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart to be acceptable. In thy sight, O oh Lord, for you are my strength and you are my redeemer. In the precious and holy name of Jesus of Nazareth, I pray. Let everybody say, Amen. topic for the morning or the evening or whatever time you're looking at this on this beautiful Easter Sunday morning. The sermon title is Beware of False Impressions. It is found in the New Testament Gospel of John chapter 20 verses 1 through 18. John chapter 20 verses 1 through 18. Almost two millennia ago, someone set out expecting to find someone who had died in a tomb, a grave. And because she was under the impression that, that who she was looking for would still be in the tomb when she got there. But that turned out to be a false impression. Actually, beloved, the Gospel of John tells us about several false impressions that occurred that day. But he tells us in order to lead us to an unspeakable truth. And so by taking a journey with Sister Mary Magdalene and Brother John and Brother Peter down this trail of false impressions, we come to the same unshakable realization that they came to. Oh, but as we go now, we, we have to keep in mind that appearances are deceiving and things are not always what they seem to be, beloved. Or we may think that we know the truth and find out later that we only had a false impression. You know what I'm talking about. Beloved, the first false impression that the Gospel of John gives us is, is that of the darkness. Say darkness. And as John the Gospel writer himself says, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb early while it was still dark. And it is no accident that John points out that it was still dark when Mary Magdalene made her way to the tomb that day. 
The disciple John wants us to realize now that when Mary rose from her bed that morning, it was dark. When Mary left her home that morning, it was dark. When Mary walked the dusty road of the graveyard that morning, it was dark and it was no accident that John pointed this out because for John the gospel writer, there was no better way to explain what was going on in the hearts and the souls of Mary and the disciples than to point out, oh, it was a dark time. There was no better way to reveal the emotional state of those whom Jesus left behind than to point out that it was dark. There was no better way to describe the outlook of those who were once the followers of Jesus and to point out it was dark. They knew that their Lord had died on an old rugged cross and taken to a tomb and buried there. It was a dark time. Say, it was dark. Beloved, there are just some days of our lives that are darker than others. You know what I'm talking about. And this is something that none of us will have much trouble understanding. There are, there are times when we take troubles to bed with us. And when we get up in the morning, we discover that those same troubles have not gone away. Am I right about it? Oh, but listen, listen. What John the Gospel writer is trying to show us is that when the darkness comes into our lives, the darkness is always a false impression. All things look and seem hopeless when in fact they're not as hopeless as they appear. The situation looks lost when in fact the situation is not as lost as it appears. It's, it's just a false impression because it is when we find ourselves going through difficult times, going through dark periods that we discover just how good and just how Powerful God really is and just how good and helpful some of God's people really are. We're seeing it all over the place. There are good people in the world today. That's why I love the song. Through it all, you got to go through something. Through it all, I've learned to trust in Jesus and I've learned to trust in God. Through it all, through it all. I've learned to depend upon God's word. Somebody say amen. Oh, but child of God, the darkness of that Sunday morning was not the only false impression that the gospel of John gives us. There was a second false impression, and that was the false impression of the empty tomb. Say empty tomb. In fact, the empty tomb was such a false impression that John, the gospel writer, tells us that Mary ran to Simon Peter and John crying. They have taken the Lord out of the tomb and we don't know where they've laid him. Beloved, you see, Mary simply thought that since the body of Jesus was not in the tomb where she thought it should be, then the worst had happened. And somebody somehow has succeeded in stealing the body of her Jesus. Listen, it's just so easy. You know what? It's easy to think the worst when something does not turn out the way we think it should. You know, it's as if we are just programmed sometimes to think the worst and expect the worst. Sometimes, let me tell you something, the worst happens not because it was going to happen, but because we expected it to happen so much that we made it happen. That's what we call a self-fulfilling prophecy. And we all have made up false scenarios from time to time. You remember sometimes when your loved one is late, 
You start thinking of all kind of stuff and mess. Who she with? Where is he? Then all those images start coming up in your mind. You start thinking about that young, handsome co-worker she works with. <laughs> you start thinking about that, that his old girlfriends. Some of them dead and gone. He ain't seen them, but you thinking about them. And you start thinking about even the car accident. If you think about it, the car's in the shop. Only, only to find out that here she stopped to get you something special for dinner, boo. Amen. In other words, don't always think the worst. Now, what Mary Magdalene experienced on that dark Sunday morning was radically different from what we experience from day to day. But the point is the same. You see, when Mary Magdalene saw that the tomb was empty, she thought the worst had happened. But as we shall see, what Mary thought was only a false impression. Somebody say false impression. But. The false impression of the empty tomb and the false impression of the darkness of the morning before that. They were not the only ones. There was another false impression and that was the false impression of the disciple John's arrival at the tomb. Hear ye, hear ye. Oh, beloved, the Bible tells us that after Mary told Peter and the disciple whom Jesus loved that the body of Jesus was missing from the tomb the two disciples took off running toward the tomb. But the disciple, you know, the, the disciple whom Jesus loved, John, he outran the other disciple named Simon Peter. And John arrived at the tomb first. So the impression is that this disciple gives us is that since he's the first one to arrive at the tomb, then he would be the first one to enter the tomb and check it out, right? Oh, no, as it turns out, he doesn't even go in. He decides to stand at the entrance of the tomb and, and peek in. It's Simon Peter, the zealot, the ghetto disciple, the disciple from the hood, who goes in first, even though he's the last to arrive. Oh, my, oh, my. You see, John found out that, that getting there first did not mean that he was the one with the most courage. He found out that getting there first did not mean that he was the one who had enough boldness to go into the tomb and face the unknown. Just because you first doesn't mean that you're the one with what it takes to, to keep on going. Child of God, I just want to point out one other false impression in our lesson, and that's when John and Peter left the tomb. The Bible says that when John and Peter saw that the body of Jesus was nowhere to be found, they left, leaving Mary Magdalene weeping at the tomb. Uh, now the impression that Peter and John gave is that there was no reason for hanging around. There was no reason for hanging around unless you were going to do like Mary and just break down and cry. The impression that Peter and John gave was that it was all over. Worst to come to worst, 
Not only was Jesus dead, but somebody stole his body. Oh, my Lord, how bad can it get? There was nothing left to do now but just go home with their heads hung down. Go home with their dreams deferred. Go home with their sorrow, their pain, and their disappointment. How sad. Tell yourself, self, don't give up. Now, beloved, the gospel wants to show us this morning, or this evening, or this afternoon, that when it seems like there's nothing left to do but go home in despair with your head hung down, when it seems like there's nothing to do but cry, when it seems like there's nothing to do but give up and give in, when it seems like it's the end, or when it seems like it's over and done, when it seems like you can't make it through that. That is the very time you need to tarry on your knees a little while and wait until Jesus comes. He says he'll never give us more than we can bear. That is the time to just stop and cry if you want to. Cry, girl. Cry, man. Because many times from our tears, and I, I like to cry, sometimes, many times from our tears come relief and clarity. Like the day after a storm, stand your ground, child of God. Don't leave, don't give up, stand your ground and cry if you need to. Listen, listen, you must hear this, you must hear this. Everybody had given up and gone away. But, I said, but, but Mary, Mary, she stayed. I said, Mary stayed. She cried. <laughs> don't let my crying, don't mistake my weakness. Oh, my crying for weakness. She cried, but she stayed. She was hurt. But she stayed. She was broken hearted, but she stayed. She was weak, but she stayed. And you know the story. Jesus appeared to Mary Magdalene that morning while she was there alone weeping. And at first glance, she didn't know who he was. You see, she got a false impression that Jesus was the gardener. Oh, but then Jesus called her name. Hallelujah. And there was no mistaking the way he called her name, Mary. Oh, Mary could sing that song. He knows my name. Beloved, do you talk to Jesus so much? Do you praise Jesus so much? Do you glorify Jesus so much that Jesus knows your name? I can remember when a woman came up to me after church. She said, Pastor, I bet you don't even know my name. And I looked and I replied, I know the names of the people who work in the church. Jesus knew Mary's name. Beloved Mary became so excited that she called him Rabboni. And she grabbed him. I bet she was a sister. Uh, but Mary had the wrong impression again. 
You see, she thought that Jesus was hers to have and to hold forever and ever. That's why some of us don't go out and tell the world about Jesus. Uh, but Jesus told her, don't hold me, don't hold me. I have not ascended to my Father in heaven. I, I want you to, to go to my brothers, Mary, my homies, and I want you to say to them that I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. And in obedience, Mary went running. And when she got to the disciples, she took her stand and she said, I have seen the Lord. In other words, and a whole nother sermon. Listen, Mary became the first preacher evangelist to carry the gospel. Don't you tell me. God's not an equal opportunity employer. Don't you tell me that God does not call women. The devil is a lie. You see, if Jesus had been a sexist, he would have told Mary to go get the brothers and bring them back to him because he had something to tell them. Another sermon. In other words, listen, listen, listen. After all of those false impressions, someone stayed with the situation long enough to finally get the right impression. And that impression is this. Jesus is alive. In the midst of circumstances, in the midst of cray-cray, in the midst of uh, pandemonia, in the midst of viruses, Jesus is alive. Jesus is alive. And my beloved, that's all you and I have to know today, tomorrow, and forever. That Jesus is alive. Oh, keep it real. Keep it real. And keeping it real is knowing for yourself that Jesus is alive. He's alive. He's real. And the songwriter says, says it like this. God sent his son and they called him Jesus. He came to love, heal, and forgive. He lived and died to buy my pardon. An empty grave is there to prove my Savior lives. How can you get through these times? These are hard times. You just know that because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Because he lives. All fear is gone. And now I know who holds my future because he is worth the living. It's worth the living. It's worth the living just because he lives.
Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. We can face tomorrow. Oh, you be so blessed. You be blessed. You be blessed. You be blessed. God said, I want to know if there is someone who would like to unite with the church. Oh, Jesus Christ. It's time to do it now. It's time to do it now. Because the day is coming fast when every knee shall and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Please get in touch with us. And let us know how you're hanging on. Thank you.